this of the year. I am sure that there are some very upset and disappointed people out there following yesterday's announcements. And I, I can only pray for us all in that and, and pray that in the midst of our, our disappointment at not being able to, to meet the people that we thought we were going to be able to meet and, and so on, um, I, I pray that we'll be able to hold on to the fact that although the way we celebrate Christmas um, has changed dramatically, the meaning of Christmas hasn't. And uh, I do pray that we can all hold on to the, the joy and, and the hope that is with us because of Christmas, because God sent his son Jesus to earth as, as a baby. And uh, yeah, let's just all cling on to, to that. I have a few notices. The first thing is that um, just in the chatter, it did appear that not everybody realized that this is a communion service. So if you haven't got your, your juice and your, your bread ready, this is uh, a good time to go and get it. Um, we, we generally take up the offering that we take up on Christmas morning normally and um, the money that goes into the, the post box uh, because of card distribution uh, service that's uh, given to us normally. Uh, that, that is given to a mission um, organization as, as most of you know. And this year we're going to split our Christmas offering between Tear Fund and the Trussell Trust so that we have, um, you know, we're supporting an organization that helps those in need overseas, but also those in need at home. The, the links, if you, if you wish to give online, the links are on the, the weekly news that came out on um, Thursday, I think it was, um, or you can go online and, and look. So that's what we're, we're doing. As far as you're concerned individually, we're just asking that if you wish to make a donation that you would perhaps choose one of these two. Uh, these, these are our suggested Christmas appeals, so Tear Fund and the Trussell Trust. If you're going to be in church um, and you, you want to, to give um, not online, then do feel free to put it on an envelope and um, give it in at the church. So thank you. Christmas Day, we've got our service both uh, in the church and on Zoom, and it's an, there'll be an opportunity for, for children to open one of their presents live so that we can all see, so either on Zoom or in the church. So if um, any of the children want to do this, can you please keep back one of your presents so that we can share with you in, in opening it on Christmas Day. And uh, finally, just a, a couple of um, good good news. Um, well, not that that hasn't been good news, but uh, just to say happy birthday to, to Julie this morning, Julie Straker, and to congratulate um, Quentin and his family on the birth of Quentin's grandson, Edward, in the week. We're now going to see the, the last in a um, series of Advent videos. Thank you.
we light this candle and remember how once in the midst of the ordinary, a messenger of light declared that God's salvation was dawning. Still stunned by the faithful example of one young woman's let it be to me, we offer ourselves in awestruck anticipation of what our living sacrifice might yet become. Let these simple flames of light each be our reminder of the profound potential of ordinary lives offered in service to the Most High, God's purpose accomplished in the midst of human frailty, not because we suppose that this world's salvation can be wrought through our endeavour alone. But as those who have seen God's miracle of grace, we believe that in these broken vessels, God's rich treasure can reside. Ours is the joy of knowing that even in the midst of human struggle, your kingdom still comes and salvation still dawns. And though the road may at times be hard and demanding to travel, its purpose and destination are always secure. Thank you. Well, as that said, um, we have the joy of knowing that God's kingdom is coming and that salvation is ours because of the birth of Jesus. And uh, yeah, that was entitled Joy. And we're going to, to sing now. So I'll hand over to the worship band um, to remind us that this is the time when, when joy truly dawned upon the world. Thank you, band.
an opportunity later in the service for intercessory prayer but perhaps one or two of you or even more if you feel led would um, like to unmute yourselves and and give praise as we we've sung that 
we, we bow down before our God and uh, yeah, just offer him words of, of praise and thanks and tell him how wonderful he is. Thank you. Approaching the anniversary of the birth of our Lord, I thought it was appropriate to fill in some details. It was 90 miles travel from Nazareth. And Jesus was born in a barn on a Bethlehem, Bethlehem farm, finding straw for his bed where to rest his wee head. With young Jesus asleep, shepherds tending their sheep are shocked by a vision of an angel on mission to tell of the birth of God's son on earth. The shepherds made haste to visit that place where they might behold what the angels had told. Then the kings from afar, having followed a star to discover this babe at the place where he laid, they brought with them treasure of suitable measure, then left, full of joy, having witnessed the boy, and now spreading the news both to Greek and to Jews that salvation was near to whoever would hear. Heavenly Father, thank you that we know of the humble the birth of your Saviour, our Saviour, and the mighty works which you performed while he was with us. Amen. Heaven Father, this morning as we were singing those words, it just struck me again how vulnerable we are, but how vulnerable you were too as a tiny baby, born in a stable, clutching at your mother's breast. Father, we do feel vulnerable and insecure at the moment, but we thank you that you understand that and that you will never leave us. We just praise you and thank you for your wonderful blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, we want to tell you how wonderful you are. We want to thank you that you are all-knowing, all-seeing, you are omnipotent, you are all-loving. 
you're everlasting. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love to each one of us. And we thank you for the amazing gift of your son, Jesus. Amen. Um, we're going to move now into communion. So over to Martin. Thank you, Alison. As we reflect on the humbling of Jesus this morning, um, I want to read to you Paul's hymn uh, from Philippians 2, which talks about Jesus um, humbly taking the very nature of a servant. So I'm going to read to you from um, Philippians chapter 2 um, and verses 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray together. Jesus, in these simple elements of bread and wine, we see symbols of your incarnation, that you, the Lord of history, the eternal Son of God, humbled yourself by adding a human nature to your divine nature. You entered into our humanity in all its frailty and weakness and vulnerability. Jesus, you came into this world to die for our sin, to pay the penalty of death, which is our sin, in our place for us. And we thank you that you are now exalted to the right hand of the Father. But Jesus, as we eat bread, we remember that your body was sacrificed for our sin on the cross. And as we drink the juice, we remember your blood shed for the forgiveness of sin and to establish a new covenant relationship with us, sealed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so we thank you, Jesus, that Christmas is all about you coming to earth and dying and rising again so that we might know God and have fellowship with his people, that we might be forgiven and reconciled to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrificed body and your shed blood that has made all of our redemption possible. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so we remember that Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, 
all of you. This is my body, which is given for you. So we take and eat with thanksgiving. And we remember also that Jesus took a cup and he told them to drink in remembrance and, thank, and thanksgiving for his blood that would be shed for the forgiveness of sin. And so we take this cup and we drink it with thanksgiving. Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us that in Jesus we have a great high priest who was tempted in every way as we are, yet was without sin. And one who sympathizes with us in our weakness because he was fully human as well as fully God. And so the writer of Hebrews call, calls us to boldly and confidently approach the throne of grace seeking the, the mercy and grace and help of Christ. And so we move now into a time of intercession, particularly remembering one another, remembering our communities, remembering our nation. So as the Holy Spirit prompts and leads you, please lead us by unmuting yourself and uh, leading us in our prayers of intercession. Father, we thank you that you are our eternal God and that underneath are the everlasting arms. Amen. Amen. Yes. Dear Lord, we'd like to pray for those people that might feel um, upset about the latest decision with the coronavirus mm. and the tier four restrictions. Um, we just pray that people will have... <coughs> 
others around them this Christmas time. And we pray for those that are on their own. And we pray that through um, support bubbles and digital technology, they will still feel um, loved and they won't feel any loneliness this Christmas. But we know, Lord, that you can take away that loneliness and give us that warmth this Christmas. Amen. Amen. Father, for us as Christians, Christmas isn't cancelled. Far from it. We celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we would just pray that this Christmas would be a real opportunity for the materialism uh, side of Christmas to be taken away and just replaced with your love and your joy and that thousands and thousands of more people would come to know you as their Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes. Lord, we know that you are in charge of all things, and the Bible teaches us that you have punish the Jews in time, from time to time for their misdemeanors and we accept that you are unpleased by the situation of the world today. It would help us to get back onto the right track and relate to you more closely. Amen. God, we pray for our leaders. We particularly pray for our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, and all those who are advising him. Father, he was so reluctant to make that broadcast last night. But Father, we just pray that he is being given good advice. And we just pray for all those around him that they may know you and that you might give them your wisdom to make the right decisions for our country. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, we would pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. For them, Christmas Day is the same as the day before and the day after. For them, there's never any indulgence no overeating, no overspending. And Lord, we just, we just bring to you those who are in prison, in labour camps, those who have been widowed or orphaned simply because of their faith in you. And we just ask that you, you would hold them in your arms, Lord. We, we know that they probably rejoice more in your birth than we do. They're, they're more aware of the real meaning of Christmas and their hope is so much greater than ours. So we just lift them to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Lord, we pray for these people who are negotiating a Brexit deal. We ask that they be amicable to each other and produce a favourable deal in these last few days. Amen. Yes, Heavenly Father, we would pray that in the midst of all the frustration, the anger and the uncertainty that has been created by the circumstances in which we're living, Father, we would really earnestly pray that in the midst of that and that people's sense of vulnerability, there will be a turning to seeking answers. And Father, that there will be a seeking after some sort of hope for the future and it will cause people to actually look, to look to you, not let straight just to look to you, but to look at an answer to the situation in which they find themselves, that, Father, it will cause people to turn and think about their vulnerability and cause them to, Father, actually seek the answers by seeking after the, um, well, by coming to services like this and the one to, tonight at five o'clock, Father. We just ask that yet you will stir in people's hearts that sense of looking for hope beyond themselves and beyond their materialism and um, uh, frustrations and anger. Father, we just call, I pray that it will cause people to look for answers in you. And Father, we know that uh, you do cause a shaking and a stirring in the world to cause people to seek after answers in you. And we just really earnestly do pray, Father, this result the result of this frustration and anger will cause many people to look to you in the days that lie ahead yeah. in jesus name amen, amen. Jesus, we do lift before you those who um, are waiting for results, for further treatment. Lord, we, we remember Janet Mills as she looks ahead to coming home on Tuesday next week. We pray, Lord, for your blessing and favour on her as she undergoes an assessment, Lord, that she would be able to remain at home and the right amount of care would be provided there. For, and support at home. We pray for Jen Godding, Lord, as she um, comes to terms with the new situation at home of having carers uh, four times a day. Lord, just help her to be at peace and to accept uh, the new situation. Lord, we pray for Josh Hayes, still awaiting um, a verdict and, a, and treatment. Lord, we pray for the hospital board that you would give them a special wisdom and discernment in knowing how to uh, bring further treatment to Josh. Lord, in the meantime, we pray that you would uh, draw him closer in to you, that, Lord, you would reignite his faith in you at this difficult time, and that, Lord, the whole family would find joy and strength in you, even, Lord, at this difficult time. Lord, we just, we just lift the haze to you and ask you to strengthen them and fill them with your peace and, and your Holy Spirit. And just a moment of silence now where we lift 
before God, those that we name in the quietness of our own hearts and minds who need a special touch of mercy, grace and help at this time. Jesus, we lastly pray for ourselves. Thank you that you offer us grace and mercy and help in our need. Lord, we bring you uh, our, our despondency and our, our disappointment and all the, the mixed feelings that we have, um, Lord, with the news yesterday. And we ask, Lord, that you would strengthen us with your power through the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that we would be rooted in your love and joy this Christmas, that by your spirit, you would grow the fruit of joy in us. Lord, as other things have been stripped away, we pray, Jesus, that you would be more than sufficient for us this Christmas and that we would learn to find our hope, our joy, our satisfaction, our fulfillment, our meaning, our purpose in you. And thank you, Jesus, that even though circumstances change, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can put our hope and trust in you because you never change. And we thank you that Jesus' joy is found in you, that you are sufficient for all our needs, and that only contentment and happiness and joy are truly and ultimately found in you. So fill us with your joy, your contentment today, that we might bring glory to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Martin. Paula is going to bring us our reading now. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The shepherds and the angels. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Thank you, Paula. Well, it's a very familiar passage, isn't it? In fact, uh, every time I hear that passage, I remember 
I think in my final year at primary school, that was my part in our school um, Christmas carol service. And I had to recite that by memory from, from uh, the King James's version. Um, uh, let's just pray before Martin comes to speak. Father God, we thank you for that passage. We thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for the, the story that uh, we, we can read um, about your nativity. And we ask now that you would bless Martin as he comes to speak to us. Bless us as we hear. And as always, Lord, we, we want to, to put into practice what it is that you have to say to us through Martin. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alison. Um, just, uh, just to reiterate, really, that um, we'd love it if you could join us for um, Carols by Candlelight. It's five o'clock uh, this afternoon, and the link to that is the same as the link for this morning. And actually, the Zoom link uh, for this morning for Sunday mornings is the Zoom link that we'll use for this afternoon, for Christmas Day, and for the 27th. So. Uh, we just thought we'd keep it simple, and uh, it's the same link. So I'd, we'd love it if you could join us this afternoon at five o'clock, um, either online or, 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 on, or, or down at the church. But, yeah. Um, yesterday, uh, the news was uh, completely unexpected. I have, to, I have to be honest and say that um, I didn't see uh, that coming. Maybe you did, um, but uh, for me, it was... It was quite a shock and it's one of those um, things that pinged up on my uh, uh, Sky News app and I had to read it several times before it, it kind of sunk in. And then like you, I'm sure lots of phone calls, texts, um, pinging around trying to rearrange um, everything. So talk about um, an unexpected uh, piece of news. Just when we thought Christmas couldn't, couldn't get weirder, um, it did yesterday, uh, all of a sudden, um, and suddenly plans uh, are having to be completely thrown in the air. Um, and we have even more of the Christmas now that we didn't expect. Um, but actually, when I, when I went back to look at this passage again, um, I found um, that, um, and I'm sure you have, that the first Christmas was totally um, unexpected from a human point of view. You know, how we would have done this is totally different to how God uh, did it in that first Christmas. The first Christmas is in so many ways totally expected, uh, sorry, totally unexpected from a human uh, point of view. But there are also some very ordinary elements in it, um, which also are, are good news to us at this strange time. One of, one of the things that details that I picked up from Luke's gospel is that um, Luke is the, the only one who mentions uh, the baby being wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he does this twice, once in verse seven um, and once in uh, verse 12. So in verse seven, we read that Mary gave birth to her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. And then um, the angel gives a detail to the shepherds that they will recognize the baby in verse 12 because he'll be wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Why does Luke um, mention the swaddling cloths uh, twice? Um, 
Well, unlike the manger, it wasn't distinctive or at all. Um, every newborn would have been swaddled. Um, first century Jewish care for newborns was in step with the typical practice around the world. Swaddling was the normal practice of Jewish mothers. Um, lengthy strips of cloth bound around the child to keep the limbs straight and still. Um, the purpose was to keep the baby secure and to provide stability. Um, Daryl Bock um, says this in his commentary, that the wrapping of fragile limbs in cloths was common in the ancient world to keep the baby protected and the limbs in place. So this wasn't so much a mark of poverty as much as a mark of vulnerability and humility. Um, isn't it amazing and totally unexpected that God himself should have to be wrapped in strips of swaddling cloths because if he hadn't been, he would have woken himself up through his flailing limbs as babies do. We all enter the world needing to be wrapped up, needing to be kept warm and cozy and secure. Um, and Jesus, the eternal son of God, allowed himself to be swaddled so that he was weak and frail and vulnerable, a helpless babe. Um, Stuart Townend in the hymn Christ Alone has the line, fullness of God in helpless babe. The eternal son of God allows himself to be in a position where he cannot even control his limbs enough to stay asleep. So he has to be wrapped just like you and I had to be wrapped. So the first Christmas was totally unexpected. Um, we talk this year about an unexpected Christmas in the pandemic. Well, the first Christmas was unbelievably unexpected because the eternal son of God became a helpless baby, fullness of God in helpless babe. So the first Christmas really is the Christmas we didn't expect. According to the um, commentator on Luke, Daryl Bach, the arrival of the incarnate Son of God is a study in contrast between how God did it and how we might have done it. Um, we sang in that earlier hymn, didn't we? Not with fanfares from above. Um, and I'm sure that if you and I had planned Christmas, the, son, the eternal Son of God coming to earth, we might have announced it with fanfares and put, put it out on social media. Um, you know, and, and let as many people know who he was, the eternal son of God as possible. But how does God do it? He allows his own son to be swaddled as a helpless babe in an animal feeding trough. So we think we're in for an unexpected Christmas. Well, the first Christmas was totally unexpected. Um, but there's good news in this. There's good news because Jesus, as someone already prayed earlier in the service, allowed himself to become frail, weak, and vulnerable. Many people in our community, in our family, feel frail, weak, and vulnerable, and even more so now, um, perhaps even isolated because of the news yesterday. And uh, isn't it an encouragement and a hope for us to realize that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, chose a path of vulnerability. He allowed himself to be bound up as a helpless babe. Um, 
there will be vulnerable people in our church, in our family, in our community, in our neighborhood this Christmas. The one piece of good news I picked up yesterday, and I think I'm right in saying this, we are still allowed to meet up with one person in a public space, um, not in a garden, but out. So, you know, let's, let's be creative. Um, we can make phone calls, we can talk to people on Zoom, but if, if it's possible, also, with social distancing, we could meet one other person who's particularly vulnerable and isolated outside, maybe outside their gate, just talking on the pavement at a distance. We can meet people in that context. So let's keep in touch with one another. Folks, we're all in this together, aren't we? We're all weak and vulnerable this Christmas together. We are a family. We need to show love to one another to our families, but also to the wider community. So if you know of somebody who's isolated because they can't see their family this Christmas, or they don't have family to see this Christmas, I don't know, be creative. Just stand at the stand outside their gate, get them to come out and just have a conversation, even if it's at a distance. Let's look out for one another. Let's look to the needs of others as Jesus would do. And the other good piece of good news is that God works through the humble and the vulnerable. Isn't that what this passage is saying? That if God's plan was worked out in the context of an animal feeding trough and a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, God can come to us in our humility and weakness and frailty, and he can offer us hope and grace this Christmas. But, you know, this wasn't the last time that Jesus allowed him, his body to be bound. It wasn't just when he was a baby. When, when he was arrested, he was bound and he was carried bound or led bound from one unjust trial to the next. As helpless as he was when he was born, Jesus stood with chains on his hands and feet and then was subject to an even greater binding as nails were driven through his hands and feet on the cross. And the swaddling at his birth would not be the last time we would hear of the incarnate Son of God being wrapped in cloths. Do you remember after his death, he would be wrapped again, but this time in strips of linen. And then he would leave that, those strips of linen behind when he walked out of the tomb alive. We read in Luke's Gospel, um, in Luke chapter 24, Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The infant in the manger would not stay swaddled. The crucified, lifeless body of Jesus would not remain swaddled in linen cloths. But he broke free of the bounds of those linen cloths when he rose from the dead and the good news of Christmas is that the binding of Jesus at his birth and even in his death in the tomb is not the end of the story because Jesus burst forth from the tomb and he conquered sin and death and evil. And so that's why John writes in the prologue, the light has come into the darkness and the darkness has not understood or overcome it. You see, 
Jesus is risen. He's ascended. He's coming again. The light has come into the darkness. And whatever darkness clouds in on our world, whatever viruses there are, whatever strife and conflict and injustice and pain and loneliness there is in our world, the light has come. And the good news of Christmas through the resurrection and ascension is that nothing will overcome the light that has shone until Christ comes again and we will live in the eternal presence of his light. The one who was like us swaddled at birth and wrapped up in swaddling clothes. The one who came in such mildness and meekness is now the king of the ages, the king of the universe. But the one who would make a way for us to come into the presence of God had to become like us in all our weakness and frailty in order to bring us to God. Um, Graham Kendrick sums it up in one sentence. Meekness and majesty, manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who is God. That's Jesus, fullness of God in helpless babe, meekness and majesty, the only way that we could be brought into relationship with God, the only way that we could know the peace and mercy and grace of God was if the eternal son of God took on human frailty and weakness and vulnerability like us. And that's what he did. So folks, what's our attitude to be as a result? Paul tells us we're to have the same attitude as Jesus of humility. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus gave up the glory and majesty and riches of heaven. He who was rich became poor, that through his poverty we might become spiritually rich. That's the message of Christmas. We have all the riches in Christ that we need. We have identity. We are children of God. We have an eternal inheritance in heaven. Yes, many things have been stripped away this Christmas. But the one thing that hasn't been stripped away is our salvation and our eternal inheritance in heaven. We have all the spiritual riches of Christ still blessing us today. In tier four, no one can take away the riches of Christ, not even tier four. Hallelujah. What a savior. And so Paul tells us that we should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. We should have an attitude or mindset of humble service, service, not looking to our own needs only, but to the needs of others. So folks, this Christmas, let us look to the needs of others. Let us look out for one another. Let us serve and love and communicate and keep in touch with one another. Now, more than ever, we all need one another, don't we? How do we do this? Well, we can't be humble in the way that Jesus was humble. It's not humbling for you and I to be born as a baby and wrapped up in swaddling cloths because that's how we were born. That's how babies are born. But it was for the eternal son of God. Neither are we called to the look to the needs of others by dying on a cross for their sin. We cannot do that. Only God can die for our sins. But we are called to an attitude of humility where we look to the needs of others. I love what um, C.S. Lewis in um, his book, Mere Christianity, says about humility. This is really 
a memorable statement. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less and others more. I love that. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less and others more. Do you, know, do you remember that Charles Dickens character, Uriah Heep, who goes around wringing his hands saying, I'm ever so humble. Well, that's an inverted form of pride, isn't it? Because we all know that Uriah Heep is a scheming, self-centered, um, conniving individual. And we're not to go around saying that I'm ever so humble, not that you would anyway, but if we draw attention to our humility, we are showing pride because we want, if we go around saying, oh, I'm a nobody, I'm nothing, nobody loves me, I've got no friends and all the rest of it, we're really hoping, we're fishing, aren't we, for affirmation and compliments. And that's a form of pride. And that's not what we're about. Um, Jesus didn't come to serve himself and to bring himself praise. He came to serve others and to love the Father. So we don't need to always be defending our reputation. We don't need to always be comparing ourselves with others because we can look to the needs of others and find joy there. The gospel sets us free, not to think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less, to serve others with an attitude of humble service. How? Well, when we know who we are in Christ, our true identity, we are liberated to think of ourselves less and to think of others more. The cross shows us how much God thinks of us. The cross says to us, I love you. Jesus died for you because you are, in the words of the ad, worth it. You are worth everything to God. And so he sent his own son to die for you. And just as God said to Jesus at his baptism, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So God says to you this morning, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. God's verdict on you and me is already in. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. We have security and identity in Christ. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are royalty. We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we are free to serve others. We don't need to prove ourselves. We don't need to prove that we have status or significance in the world. We already have it in Christ. The verdict is in. We are special to God. We are dearly loved, a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, a people that God sent his son to die for. And therefore, we can serve with joy because we have identity in Christ. What a liberating truth that is, isn't it? Sometimes we feel our role in life doesn't count for much in the scheme of things. We feel we have a, a very ordinary sort of mundane kind of life. Or perhaps we feel our best years have passed us by. Perhaps we regret we never quite achieved everything that we wanted to achieve. But, you know, we're not called to seek greatness through power in a worldly way. We're called to a life of humble service. Jesus modeled this for us by coming to earth as a helpless baby. How could he do that in such an amazing way? Because he knew that he was the eternal son of God. He had nothing to prove. He loved the father and he loved us. 
And so he was willing to die for us and do the Father's will, knowing that he would return to heaven, knowing that he would bring the Father glory. Whatever humble circumstances you feel you're in today, God can use you if you will offer your life up to him in humble service. If you would simply say with the hymn writer, take my life and let it be. Lord, take my moments and my days, take my intellect, take my will, take my words, take my hands, my feet, use them for the glory of your name. We can serve others and look to the needs of others with humility. We don't need to compare ourselves with others because Christ has already loved us. The verdict is in on us. We are dearly loved children of God, liberated, freed to look to each other's needs and to serve as Christ has served. So get on with those mundane tasks in your family, in your workplace, in your church, with joy in your heart, because Christ models the humility, the mindset, the attitude we're to have. You see, we're not called to think of ourselves less. Sorry, we're not called to think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less and to get on with serving God and others. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that the first Christmas was totally unexpected. And thank you that Jesus, the eternal son of God, the one who was rich in every way, became poor, that we might become rich in every way. And so we pray, Lord, that you would make us generous and kind and compassionate this Christmas in looking not just to our own needs, but to the needs of others. Help us to have the attitude, the mindset of Christ in serving one another. Lord, help us to pick up the phone, to visit in a socially distanced way, one person, just to show love, compassion for one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Martin. Before we sing our closing song, can I just say how good it is to see Sam back? Um, I know it's only temporary during your um, university holidays, but it's, it's good to have you and to have you leading us in worship, Sam. Well, as well as uh, the theme of, of Christmas, um, the birth of Jesus, that, that theme of service has um, it's woven its way through, the, through the, our morning. Um, the Advent video at the beginning referred to the potential of lives offered in service. And we sang, in royal robes I don't deserve, I live to serve your majesty. And of course we've heard that, that message from Martin. And so we're going to close now by singing, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee.
I think that really is our, our closing prayer, that God would take our lives and let them be consecrated always to him. I'd just like to close um, with, with the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And we know, we know, Lord, that that peace is not as the world gives. It's your peace and it passes understanding. And we thank you for that gift. Amen. As Martin has said, um, I hope that we'll, we'll see you this evening at Carols by Candlelight at 5pm and on Christmas Day at 10am. And as always, if you would like prayer after the service, do please call or text Nigel um, and uh, give him your name and you'll be put into a prayer room. I hope that, that you will all know God's joy over Christmas, um, despite the situation. Uh, he is sovereign, sovereign, and his joy is overwhelming. And so I pray that you will know that despite your circumstances. And uh, yeah, God bless you all. And you may now unmute and, and chat as, as, you, as you wish. <laughs>